0: I wanted a Christianity that was a daily life. And it made me live differently. It made me value different things. I was like, I think I could do more by praying. I think I could affect more. Like, it needs to come from within, it shouldn't be just coming from the outside.
1: Today on the podcast, we've got a good one for you. Before we dive in, I want to introduce you to our new co host and editorial director, Joseph Carlson.
2: Thanks, Joel. Everybody, it is so good to finally be with you. Um, I'm really excited about the conversation we got to have today. We interviewed an incredible woman. Her name is Cheryl Allen. She is the founder and the executive director of PiHOP, Pasadena's International House of Prayer. And they are these wonderful, strange group of people who believe that actually if you sit in a room and you pray, and you worship God, um, the world will be transformed. So we ask all the questions that we wanted to know that you might want to know, like, what is prayer? Does it actually do anything? Um, Is this weird manipulation? Or is this like actually this incredible thing that maybe all of us are hungry and really need? And man, both Joel and I, at the end of this conversation, we looked at each other and we're like, that was a joy to do. And I feel refreshed. Cheryl Allen. Hi, nice to see you.
0: Thanks for having me. Um, We're so thrilled
2: that you've joined us here on the Nation's Podcast. And uh, so you are the founder and the executive director of Hop Pasadena International House of Prayer, which does not, of course, specialize in pancakes. Um, Although I did have some delicious breakfast food when I visited you a couple weeks ago. So thank you for your hospitality. Um, We're really excited to have you on the podcast today and to get to hear about your story and about the story of what God is doing in and through Pie Hop. So let's cut to the chase, shall we? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, um, so tough question off the top. You know, at Nations, we we exist to feature reformers who posture themselves in places of brokenness and who are willing to risk life and limb, um, to partner with God and to try and, and face the hard stuff in the world, and you have this beautiful trendy space in pasadena california um where like five days a week or something for hours on end there is worship and there is prayer and um like what's the point of that how is that actually changing the world i mean it it, sometimes some might say that just seems like kind of self-indulgent right like we just want to bask in god's in God's presence, you yeah. know. Um how do you see that really actually changing the world?
0: Yeah, thanks for <laughs> that's a good question. I think initially I didn't think it would change the world either. Mm. Um initially I kind of wanted to be a missionary or someone who was impacting right away, but God convinced me through many different ways that day and night worship, day and night prayer is going to impact the world. Mm. Now, do we always see the tangible? Not necessarily, but the cry on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. That's the cry, right? Well, what is the main occupation of heaven? Like, what do they do there? Are they healing? Are they praying? Like, I mean, are they like preaching? No, they're worshiping Mm. and they're praying. Mm. And so Mm. it makes sense that I mean, I think it's in Acts 15. It says he's going to rebuild the fallen tents of David. And David, for some reason, caught this like we want to do on earth what's happening in heaven. We're going to hire a ton of musicians and singers and we're going to just go for it. And we're going to put them right in the presence of God. So, yeah, I think day and night prayer day and night worship is an expression of heaven on earth and it could seem indulgent but i feel that it's doing so many things at the same time i can go deeper into that but i feel like um it's what heaven is like and it's an expression of that
2: Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) no that's that's great Uh, consider me disarmed. My cynicism (laughs) has has now receded. We believe that God changes the world through stories, through his story, that he invites us and sweeps us up into his story. Um, And so we think it's really important to know people's stories um, because when we share ours, when we're willing to be Mm -hmm. vulnerable and courageous with the story that God's given us, um, that's actually what invites other people into into god's story so i'd like to know a little bit more about your story and how how in the world did you end up like were you born into kind of a charismatic like faith or family you know how did you end up being the founder and executive director of this ministry for and how long has that been going like, it's
0: been for me i've been doing house of prayer for 20 years hop has been its own entity for 15.
2: okay okay yeah so, so how did you end up there
0: that's no, a crazy story um so I was raised Presbyterian, so most of my uh, Frozen like Frozen Chosen. Yep. <laughs> Very comfortable. Um, but always had a deep hunger for God. Like I didn't like that youth group felt the same as my high school friends. Mm. Like we talked about the same things, we did the same things, we had a few rules to follow, but apart from that, it was pretty much the same. And for some reason that didn't that that affected me. I was like Why is it the same? It should be different. Like we should be different, not just because we follow rules. And so that hunger led me to want to go to a Christian college. So I grew up public school in Orange, California. And I was just like, I think maybe if I go to a Christian college, then I'll find what I'm looking for. Like, that'll be my experience. And I went to Biola (laughs) and like the song said I still didn't find what I was looking for (laughs) um like I still hadn't found it um I found you know awesome people but still kind of underlining value systems are pretty similar we want to make you know live the American dream um and so right out of college I lived in an African-American community in Watts, California and I all I had to give them was apologetics Mm. and all they they loved Jesus and they loved the Bible Mm. but they had really broken lives so I was like what can I give them I have nothing and it led me to read a book by Keith Green called No Compromise Mm. (laughs) and that that was what I was looking for I was like oh that's, he's living it. He's trying to live the gospel. He knows Jesus in an intimate way. So then he got saved at Santa Monica Vineyard. It was Westside Vineyard. So I started going there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I drive from Watts and I started going there. And then that led me to then go to Anaheim Vineyard at night. John Wimber was alive at the time. And I was like, oh my goodness. This is like a world I did not know. And I was like, God can touch you Mm. like you can feel God on the inside. And so that led me to um, experience God in such deep ways and um, then also caused me to embrace a life of prayer in ways I hadn't. I think Mm. before it was like a discipline, but there was not true connection coming out of it and that this kind of opened that up. It was mainly, I would say, through worship, too. Mm. Vineyard was kind of known for it, and it was very intimate worship. And so that is kind of what opened the door. And um, so, yeah. And then I wanted a Christianity that was a daily life. And it affected, it made me live differently. It made me value different things. And yeah, so that's pretty much how that opened up. And that then led me to a life of prayer. I don't think I ever wanted to do it full time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that was ever. Um, Yeah, interestingly enough, I have always wanted to impact society, right? I think most people do. And initially I was gonna become a political Person, So that was m- part of my degree. Um, I was going to be a speech writer. Um, but when I went into the fe- that field, I was like, I think I could do more by praying. Hmm. I think I could affect more. Because people need, like, it needs to come from within. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be just coming from on, out- on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that's what led me then to start working for a nonprofit. And then we... I had an African mentor. He was from Nigeria. And he led us in eight-hour prayer meetings.
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> Baptism by fire. No
2: kidding. Wow. <laughs> and so
0: then that totally shifted. He was, like, hungry for revival. And, um, yeah, so it was in the inner city, too. And mm. so then that's kind of where I was introduced to longer prayer. And then eventually it would be about five years later um like god invited me to make this part of my occupation Hmm. um but again it took some convincing because i really did want to change society and i didn't think being in a room praying would do that and um yeah i can share more of why like it took 10 years for me to figure it out but that there's a lot going on in house of prayer than what people would think. Mm. Yeah.
1: So talk to us about that. What what does that look like? And and I'm curious to your your transition to the occupational. What a strange thing for <laughs> something that's spiritual that then to become, you know, a calling. I guess that's normative, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. vocation. But vocational, like talk to us about that.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um well, one of the things like that was so meaningful to me is like the lord said to me the unreached people of the earth are praying cultures Mm. to come with them with just mercy is not going to impact them you need to come with prayer and he's like i'm going to train the next generation of missionaries or people who are called to nations i'm going to i'm going to train them in prayer i'm going to get them to have deep devotional lives as well as people who can pray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that it wouldn't just be like, okay, God bless this outreach, but like, okay, God, I want to be a devoted person. Like a person coming out of Islam needs to see devotion. That's right. They Mm -hmm. don't want to just see handouts or a merciful person. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the American facade anyway for a lot of them and they're like no are they a devoted people Mm -hmm. and like and a lot of times we've sent missionaries out and we haven't equipped them in that way so that is an aspect that i didn't catch that he's like no this is people need lives of prayer and this is a way to immerse them and prepare them for where i'm calling them Mm -hmm. um so that's one aspect the other would be just that um he called his house the house of prayer and he's never going to change that name. And so that should be our main expression. Hmm. Islam has that as their main expression. When somebody thinks of somebody who's Muslim, they're going to think right away of a person yeah, who prays. Absolutely. Right. And of course, theirs is based on total insecurity. Yeah. Ours is based on total security. Hmm. And there's some joy in it. Yeah. And so just that, that people would be comfortable that it's not just for a certain group, mm-hmm. that this is for everyone. Yeah. Um, and I guess I want to share this too. Part of my heart was I was a hungry teenager who wanted devotion to God, who wanted a deeper expression, but I didn't have access. So I think what I've always wanted to be is a place of access, like where people are like, I'm hungry, but I don't know where I'd find it. Now, obviously in age of digital things, it's easier to find, Mm -hmm. but from the beginning, which would have been in 2005, it wasn't as easy. And so we're just like, I wanna be a place where people are, oh, there's more, there's more. So.
1: That sounds, (laughs) and and I wanna, this is so fascinating because prayer seems like the most natural, easy, Thing to do and you're talking about you know, this journey into something that's so deep and and so rich it's like getting lessons and eating food you know so talk to me <laughs> talk to me a little bit about I'm
0: something, glad you feel that way, something that's so
1: normal like like talk to us about the journey of learning to pray yeah like, you know, I, I, it's like, like every, as
0: an occupation yeah or yeah just as
1: in a deep rich way that it's this is fascinating. yeah,
0: yeah. i think Initially, when people come into a life of prayer, they're trying to change outward circumstances. Mm -hmm. It's like 90%. -hmm. I would say maybe even 95%. People, it's usually crisis that makes people go deep in prayer. It's usually like, I need to change something on the outside. But what usually God does is he takes that little bait, he reels you in, and then you realize, oh my gosh, you're the reward. You're the prize, you're the amazing. You're like, oh, I love fellowshipping with you. You're like, you're what keeps me doing it. And I think that's what we want people to get to. Because a lot of still people who pray a lot, it's actually an arm of control, too. They're trying to control Mm -hmm. their situations and like, I'll just pray, you know. And yet God's like, no, there's something more. I want you to be totally enamored, fascinated with who I am. And that there's joy in that. And you can experience it daily. Like it's not something you have to wait for. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's interesting to me that you you identified that prayer so often can be a means of control for people, right? Yeah. It, which sounds a lot like the praying from a place of insecurity versus playing, praying mm-hmm. from a place of security that you mentioned earlier. So, one, I'd love to hear you unpack. Like what do you, what do you mean when you say, hey, you know, our freedom as as Christians is to play, pray from a place of security. Like, what do you, what do you mean by that? I think unpack. Oh, that a I little love bit. that question. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Jesus, when he paid that high price, it was more than just covering our sins. I mean, that's enough. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, in Ephesians one, four, that's like one of my favorite verses. He said, I chose you before the foundation of the world. That you may experience what it's like to be wholly, blameless in love. Mm. And he's like, I want you to experience the luxury of what I've experienced always before my father. Mm. And that's what I that's the position I want you to take before me. Like I've seated you in heavenly places, but I want you to experience what it lo- what it's like to experience God loving you without blame or shame. Mm. And wholeheartedly giving himself to you Mm -hmm. and so that that reality um unfortunately i don't think all christians experience that Mm -hmm. um but i do think it's very appealing to a buddhist to an to a muslim like if they see that they're like whoa and so i do believe in this season god is taking any orphan mentality that we have Mm. and causing us to be sons causing us to be the bride Mm. and i like to use both of those languages because it's not a gender issue it's a issue of um quality of receiving (laughs) like the favored son the bride has a very high quality of receiving Mm. and he's like i want you to experience this I, and th- from that place, I want us to partner. And the way that partnership—I mean, prayer is partnership. Hmm. Son, I'm going to give you all the nations. Ask them for me. Ask, ask of me. I'll hmm. give them to you. Hmm. But even Jesus asks. Jesus seeks. Hmm. Jesus knocks and he's like because this is how we interact and I'm inviting you into that same interaction Hmm. (laughs) hopefully that might be really deep but hopefully it's (laughs) It's good wow
1: (laughs) (laughs) do we get college credit for this I was gonna say I I was gonna
2: say wow (laughs) let's let's just take a moment
1: and just (laughs) kind of feel like we should pray um Cheryl talk to us about I mean you you grew up Presbyterian, yeah. and and I love the expression of the Presbyterian denomination. There, it's it's such a like Keller, just such a deep thinker, yeah. so, so forward thinking right now in, in culture. But I think I think the Christian body has so much to learn from one another. And you're coming from now from like more of a charismatic um, expression. What's the invitation to someone who is is growing up? in a conservative understanding of God, not that that's wrong or mm. lacking anything for that matter, but what would you, what, what would the invitation be for what how you've experienced God in your expression these past 20 years or so? Like, what would you say, like, man, I wish I could go back and invite high school you into this, what would that be?
0: Yeah, I think experiential knowledge. Mm. I mean, that it's more than our head, obviously, our mind is very important to be transformed, to be renewed. I mean, Paul talks about it a lot. And I do believe that parts of the body of Christ have really centered on that. Mm -hmm. For it to impact our heart, there needs to be experiential knowledge. And so I would say that's the part that I would want all high schoolers to experience, regardless of their denomination. Mm -hmm. One of the things, like... From the very, because we have a at, at pie hop. We're not a church. So we have about a hundred churches represented in our worship, in our prayer. Hmm. And that is part of it. It's unity. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, um, love for one another and what you bring. Yeah. Like one day I was at a monastery. I was just spending time with the Lord. We have one really close by in Pasadena. And, um, I saw all different types of birds and he's like, I like them all you don't need to make the hawk a hummingbird Hmm. and you don't need to make the hummingbird a hawk. Now when they look at each other, like the hawk may think, wow, you're working so hard. You should rest. You should soar. (laughs) And then the hummingbird might be like, why aren't you working harder? Why are you just soaring? Like you should be flapping those wings a lot harder. (laughs) And, um, he's like, but I like them all and parts of the body will emphasize certain parts and we can enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't need to criticize it. It's just an emphasis. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one way I've learned. Cause I think, I think especially in America and we want everybody to experience God the way we're experiencing God and we want them to become just like us and like duplicate ourselves. But God's like, no, I like the diversity. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that pressure off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. let's enjoy what's being emphasized through that part of the body.
2: That's Man, good. I, I love that posture and what you're sharing, and the way, even the way that you're sharing it there, right? With, with a sense of lightheartedness and open-handedness, is coming from a profoundly secure place, right? So it helps me trust what you're saying. But then I also my mind, I've got this <laughs> yeah. cognitive dissonance because I have this. Um, experience and also this perception or perhaps misperception of particularly the Pentecostal and charismatic experience being one historically that has been uh, it's it's inflicted some of the the worst abuse or manipulation on uh, people and it's also one that can sometimes it seems like um almost have like a a Gnostic sort of, it'd be like, oh, well, like we're the true, like we're the true believers, right? Which is not a, a, and you need to come do this, right? If you're, if you really want to be a Christian, which is the opposite of the message of unity that you're, Mm -hmm. you're sharing, right? So um, one, I'd love for you to just speak to that. And, And two, like, I mean, yeah, how did you get to a place of such security where you can, you don't feel the need to compete You know, you're here to like bless and serve.
0: Yeah, I think right away, because my um, initial mentor was Nigerian. He came from apostolic faith, Mm. which is really intense. No makeup, long skirts. All this interesting things. Now, obviously, he didn't push that onto. I'm mean, here. I'm from Southern California. I like shorts. You know what I mean? I mean. Like obviously, he wasn't trying to push that. But eventually, it did impact me. Like, oh well, this is all new to me. Maybe I just am embracing my culture. Maybe I have to change everything about myself. Mm-hmm. And um, also, speaking in tongues was major emphasis. So much so. It's an interesting story but my grandma dies in the midst of that and she didn't speak in tongues. And my grandma was an awesome Christian but did not speak in tongues. So then I'm now questioning did she make it to heaven? Oh, wow. So I'm going through so much uh, like fear from the this is right in like first year into new experiences in God. And God was so kind to me. I have a dream about 2 weeks in after my grandma died and My grandma was writing me a letter and I, I mean, I found a letter from her. I open it and she's explaining about where she's living and um, it was dated a certain date. And so when I wake up, I call my mom, I go, what day did grandma die? because you know you don't I don't know I didn't remember the day she died and he she told me it was that day and so then I was mm-hmm. like oh she's fine like mm-hmm. this is this is just a limitedness that has come on that part of mm-hmm. and then because I was going to vineyard and it was such a different expression than this but I was being impacted by this Nigerian but then I was also being so impacted by vineyard I think it it op like John was famous for calling himself an evangelical mm. And that was very helpful hmm. because I was an evangelical <laughs> and he's like, I just believe in the fullness of the gifts, but not one is more emphasized. Like, like speaking in tongues is not more emphasized than the gift of mercy. So if you are very merciful, that's the way the Holy Spirit's expressing himself through you and you're hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And, um, I think another, I'll just give this analogy, especially cause I'm in San Diego. Um, I had this experience right when I was going to sleep one night where the Lord was explaining the Holy Spirit to me and he's like, it's like a surfboard. Everybody has one, but some people just keep it in the sand (laughs) 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 and others ride waves, ride waves with it. Mm. But everybody's got Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is within every Mm. Christian. Mm. And so it's what they choose to how active they want to be with the Holy Spirit. Mm.
2: That's (laughs) that's <laughs> good. So that's a helpful analogy for the our san diego audience. my surfboards
1: are in my office right now and yeah. I, I can't tell you the last time they were in the ocean so i'm feeling convicted mul- multiple ways right now get out in the water
0: man <laughs> get out in the water
1: that's really really good yeah um so one of my heroes is uh this little dutch man by the name of brother andrew and brother andrew uh was famous for smuggling bibles behind the iron curtain mm. totally led by the holy spirit his journeys really incredible um, and now the ministry that he's involved with is is to severely persecuted areas in fact that's taken him to places like afghanistan and pakistan and and he's become friends with you know enemies of the state these are terrorists and he's friends with them and he prays with them that's and amazing. the the ministry started while they were imprisoned, and and he was a trusted uh, liaison between the, uh, them and, and their families. And so, anyway, uh, I was talking to him and, and interviewing him, and he says, "I said, how do you get to a place where you can really love people like that? You know, coming from a Western experience, to where that's your enemy. That's like the most blatant enemy ever." And he goes, "Well, my journey starts." at 4 a.m., and that's when I wake up and I start spending multiple hours in prayer for my friends. He called them his friends. And that was so radical and convicting for my journey and just this idea of prayer being something that really connects us to the heart of God. And it, prayer was like, for me, was something that you mentioned earlier. It was uh, you know something, I, I needed something. I was this great mm-hmm. manipulator of, of God. And, and, um, and I think that was in just, the discipline of prayer was something that was very new to me. Prayer was something you do before meals. You do it in church. You do it maybe in a small group setting. Mm-hmm. Um, when you've been was, bad. Yeah or, yeah, or when you've been bad. <laughs> yeah. um, and So talk to us about, I want to hear from you, like like the discipline of prayer and how, mm-hmm. because discipline is such a nasty word, mm-hmm. at least for me, I hate it. Like discipline mm-hmm. something I don't want to do and I'm forced to do it. How does that change from it continuing to be a discipline, like waking up at 4 a.m., mm-hmm. like, like and to something that, like, man, I, I now love it. I, it's now part of me. You, you talked about praying for eight hours, and <laughs> and, that sounds as radical as it did from Brother Andrew yeah. waking up at four. So talk to us about maybe the discipline of, of of prayer.
0: Yeah, I think house of prayer. So, I, I think what its main objective. No, I shouldn't say main, but one of its. Um, ways of affecting people is to take the dedicated and make them fascinated. Hmm. Hmm. It's to take dedicated people and make them fascinated people where it's not a duty, it's devotion. Uh-huh. And so um, I think, now I was a student of prayer meetings because I was in them a lot. And when I saw House of Prayer for the first time, i saw people who could pray out of their heart scripture and i would never you know i'd only seen that from old people and these were <laughs> 18 year olds and i was like what is going on like that is not normal like i've studied and i've watched people because i always enjoyed when somebody could just pray out of their heart scripture yeah. and um the singing part of the house of prayer, Mm -hmm. which is part of the expression is that we take scripture, we sing it, Mm. we take prayer and we sing it, that starts to cause the heart to engage in ways that it wasn't engaged by just like, um, just, you know, praying just in our normal, uh, you know, sentences or journaling. Like when you start to sing, your heart is connected in a way that it wasn't. Why I bring it up is because I think it's a crucial part like of even David's journey into knowing God from the inside out is he wrote the Psalms Mm. like he was he sang it. So that isn't like I would say that's a huge part of it Mm. is singing in your daily life, not singing just on Sunday mornings or the Wednesday service, Mm -hmm. but like. God surrounded his throne with worship, meaning it's a big part of who he is. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of first doing that, then coming into, okay, you're now the object. I'm no longer the object. Like, So it's not about all of what I want or all of what I want changed. It's now you. And now you wanna maybe share some things with me. And so that idea of like Mary versus Martha, that Mary sat and listened, that then listening becomes part of it. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of times, I don't think I was taught that about praying initially. I was taught more talk, 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 talk. And so I'm singing and now I'm listening and that starts to shift. Like, you want me to pray for them? Mm -hmm. Like, Brother Andrew, you Mm -hmm. want me to be friends with them? Mm Okay. Okay let me partner with you in that. And like, so then there's these new, yeah. I mean, I remember one time (laughs) I was saying to the Lord, I want you, I want you. And that Y O U became E W E. And he's like, if you want me, you want sheep. I want you to pray for sheep, and so he started to direct me to specific types of people. He's like, "You, I appreciate you want me, 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 yeah. but that will also lead you to pray for sheep
1: to the mission." Yeah, yeah. to the mission, wow. and he's
0: like, "So I think he's—I mean, that's a big part of his heart, yeah. and so we'll never escape that if we're going after him." Right. Yeah, and then he tells you specifically who he wants to affect mm-hmm, right. which each person i think is uniquely wired to affect certain parts that's and right. so another aspect is the apostolic prayers. so prayers that are prayed in the bible those are huge prayers and i'm like pray that you know like be a part of that too in in asking the lord um i know it's given me a ton of language just to use the bible as my manuscript in in even entering in you know Um, yeah I'm just well While I'm speaking it's just there's this phrase in Ephesians 1 where and now I'm not gonna remember the exact verse I think it's like 18 he says um, that he would enlighten our eyes to know the hope of our calling and who we are as his inheritance his great inheritance I love that language Mm -hmm. because he has an inheritance for us to reap Through our lives. And when I see it that way. It's like pressure's off. Mm. It's his inheritance. It's not my destiny. It's his inheritance. Mm. Um, And that means. He wants to get it. (laughs) So now I just partner with him. In getting it. Versus me like trying to convince him. Headlock him into getting it. (laughs) He's like no I want this. And I took hold of you for a reason and I want you to take hold of what you've been taken hold of. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm using another T- phrase. No, totally. <laughs> so,
2: two, two things stood out in that, um, in what you just shared. And I, I want to stick with the, one of them is kind of personal. Um, but then also you started to talk about the missional, right? Yeah. Um, so speaking of the sheep, right. Um, a lot of, a lot of what it sounds like you do, you know, you're talking about, um, you mentioned singing and I I loved that you brought up how singing is somehow mysteriously transformative, you know, and immediately I, I, you know, my, my brain kicks in and I'm like, well, that's, it's a very embodied act. Right. And, um, and it's integrative, you know, and, um, and it, it gets us it uses the breath. It gets us in touch with our body. It gets us hopefully out of our, out of our heads, mm-hmm. you know? And so it makes sense to me, the wisdom of God there makes sense that it somehow does something because it's this like ridiculous thing that we can all do. Um, whether or not, you know, you've got perfect pitch or or anything, we can all sing. So that, uh, I'd love to hear you talk about some of what you've seen in terms of how individuals are transformed, how, like, one of the weird, you know, the things that, that gets people uncomfortable about the charismatic or the Pentecostal experience is some of the, you know, the, the inner healing prayer, the, you know, um, and our culture, mental health and wellness is, is a huge topic, right? We're coming out of a global pandemic, you know, rates of suicide, mm-hmm. anxiety are all, all through the roof. So people are really open to this idea of mental health. But when you bring in the, the at least the Christian spiritual, um, there's kind of some baggage there, you know? Um, so I'd love to hear you talk about um, how you've seen the spirit worked in healing people and, you know, your perception of mental health, of, you know, like, hey, is this all just kind of, it's like? it's spiritual language or do you have Mm -hmm. some understanding of you know neuroscience neurobiology like oh i mean like what's your perspective (laughs) on all of that that's
0: really good well first i'm just gonna stick with singing real quick yeah like um in ephesians 5 god says don't be drunk with wine but because it leads to dissipation meaning i know your tendency to want to escape Mm. like i know that you want to feel this So don't do it because it could lead to something else, but do this instead. I'll fill you with the Holy spirit. And then he tells us how sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Hmm. So this idea of psalms singing psalms being the first, meaning I never had ever been exposed to that, but to actually sing the Bible, (laughs) sing it. Like it's the biggest book in the book and like that's a and he's like and i want you to be touched in your heart because there's where a lot of the pain resides so if you would sing and you sing truth guess whose voice your heart responds best to your own Mm. your Mm. heart loves your voice
2: Mm, wow (laughs)
0: more than anybody else's (laughs) your heart responds to your voice the best And so as you're singing truth, it's also just like advertisers. I'm sure even this podcast, you put a little music behind it, you know, just to get us. So we're connecting in our heart, not just our head. Mm -hmm. Um, Movies, like I've seen some screenings without the music. It's really blah, right? It's like very blah. But as soon as the music comes, now my heart's engaged. And so I think that your heart's engaged, and then it's hearing you share truth; it's affecting, which is really good. I think the truth sets us free. So I do think it does have some emotional um, stability, mental well-being that comes from just that activity. Now, do you just like, okay, we're gonna make every person dealing with mental issues like sing? Right. You know, I mean, like obviously, there's much more layered aspect to it. But one of the things that I've been exposed to is that a lot of people do not have capacity to endure suffering well. Hmm. And so we need to be given it. And part of that is that we would experience someone enjoying us. And that's part of prayer Hmm. is that God's like, here I am. (laughs) And I want to enjoy you. I'm not just here as a taskmaster, I'm not here, I'm Abba, Father, I'm the bridegroom who's rejoicing over you forever. And even that aspect, I wanna throw that in there. Bridegroom experiences like a year in this life, like maybe two years where you get to be, experience what a bridegroom feels if you're a man, if you're the bride, you get to feel what it feels like to have that coming at you. Mm-hmm. Jesus is like, no, that's my forever. Mm -hmm. The way that that feels, you get to experience for two years, maybe. I mean, that's a long engagement, but like whatever, or maybe (laughs) the little honeymoon and then, then maybe the first year. He's like, but this is the forever reality, and I want to be available to give that to you. So I've seen different modes of inner healing where that, is part of the experience is to engage with God, enjoying you, hmm. and that actually giving you more breath to endure suffering well. Because hmm. everybody get, unfortunately, we all have to suffer. <laughs> There's yeah. no way out. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right.
1: So, I think that's one. Of, that's been the biggest gap in my spiritual journey is just not trusting and believing that God enjoys me. Mm-hmm. yeah and so how how would you speak to that a little bit i know that's for me that's been in my adult life it's been the hardest thing to really come to grips with but the outcome of that has been extremely transformative in my prayer mm-hmm. life and mm-hmm. just my spiritual intimacy with god so talk to us about people who are in, including me who have a hard time trusting that god really enjoys me
0: yeah that's really good I think that's a normal experience. Um, something that I've s- practiced is the righteousness of Christ allowed us to exp- like be seated in Him, to be inside of Him, and to experience what's coming at Him to be our experience. So an easy practice, because... Yes, God loves me. But how do I experience that quality that Jesus is saying is available? Mm -hmm. And um, I think practicing, Father, how do you feel about Jesus? How do you think about Jesus? How do you treat Jesus? Like that language. And then at first just saying, oh, my gosh, that's how you feel about me. That's how you treat me. Because that's a different quality, the way God treats God. Like, I want to, sh- I mean, if you, I'm sure it's on your radar somewhere, at some point. But, some, like, um, John 17, 26, when he's praying for the whole church, he's like, that the love that you love me with would mm-hmm. be in them. That same quality that I love you with right. would be in them. And so, this is that. And so we can even bank on that, like, God, give Jesus what he wants. Mm-hmm. Let me experience this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll first practice it, like, just sometimes I like to visualize just sitting between them, and I get to feel what they mm-hmm. feel towards one another. Right. But it's coming towards me. At first, it's just coming towards them, but then I put myself in the middle of it and say, and so some of that, I just practice it even when I can't feel it. So that I just am giving Jesus what He wants, mm-hmm. yeah, like good. yeah, you want that quality. I I want to give you one more. Philippians four eight. Whatever's true, whatever's lovely, whatever's noble, you know, whatever that list mm. is, mm. that's the meditation of God too. It's not just what we're to meditate upon; it's how God thinks.
1: Mm.
0: He He abides by all of what the Bible says, yeah. mm-hmm. and so that's His thought life about you. Mm. And so even to Believe, use sees that the best, grid. Believes the best, believes the best. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So help me out here. What about <laughs> all the people that, like, what do we do with the cross, right? Um, a, an objection that I've heard so often from people who um, were Christians is that they, they can't get hung up on what God did to Jesus, right? You're talking about, hey, how does God treat jesus right and you know the beautiful intimacy and that they have and the comfort and the love right but well god sent christ to the cross to die and be crucified that you know i mean into the world of theology that i come from theological studies you know the problem of divine child abuse right you know lots of people have father wounds lots of people have abusive parents and and it's easy Mm -hmm. to read the story of scripture and not just see a loving relationship between father and son, but a a father who allows sends a son to be murdered. Wow. So what do we do with that? Yeah, no,
0: that's a really good (laughs) talk about deep. (laughs) 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 Um, No, I think, I mean, you can see it that way, but I, he said, no one takes my life from me. I Mm. lay it down Mm. and it's for the joy that is set before me. It's for the joy that's set before me. It's not because God's making me do this. Mm. It's not because Father is making me do this. I think the cup he drank, to be honest, I don't think when he was saying, Jesus, take this cup, he was saying, I'm not going to the cross. He he was committed to it. Hmm. He was born for it. Before the foundation of the world, he was crucified. Meaning now I'm in time doing it, but I've always been the answer to bringing us together. Hmm. And like, yeah, and I, so, but, but I think the cup was, I don't want to experience betrayal. I don't want to experience betrayal. Hmm. They're going to betray me in just a few minutes. Hmm. And I think, cause he even went back three times. I think that, you know, Peter was going to be the one who betrays three all of them would forsake though and i think because when i've yeah i have this whole relationship with the lord about the cup because he said you're gonna drink the cup and i believe we all have to walk through betrayal and Mm. it's the worst you know wow and like drinking betrayal was gonna be so painful that that relational Mm. you know
2: I've never heard it phrased that way. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So that's where I would say he was committed and no one was making him do it. He wanted to do it. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, there's so much beauty to who Jesus is and his relationship with the Father um, because he said, glorify me. That was his prayer. Glorify me knowing this was going to glorify. Yeah, Hmm. not... Yeah, and and I guess um, why do you forsake me? That's obviously mm-hmm. an aspect of it. But I think forsakenness was an aspect he had to model because he knew what his the rest of us would experience. We'd right. all have a level of sense of you're forsaking me. Yeah, and Jesus is great empathy in the midst of yeah. that. Yeah, I
2: love that you went to the place of betrayal because for me that takes it out of the realm of kind of the ethereal right um Mm -hmm. and grounds it in our lived experience because as you mentioned right all of us have experienced relational betrayal we've all experienced abandonment whether that's in your family of origin or in friendships right and um i mean that that hits me where it hurts right Mm -hmm. i mean um but that's right where that place of hurt and woundedness is is right Mm -hmm. where i need the Mm -hmm. healing love of god to invade so i love that you grounded it like that uh, betrayal naming it is important
0: yeah I mean I I've been to Israel three times and the third time when I was in the garden that's when it touched me I was like oh my gosh this was about betrayal Hmm. and it just I was just praying there and I was just like it wasn't Mm -hmm. I'm not going to the cross or I don't want to yeah it was no I don't want to experience relational Right. Yeah. So which in the anyway. world
2: of psychology, I mean, betrayal is the most potent form oh. of trauma that you can experience. It's a violation of both love and mm-hmm. trust.
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: Which are the, the two things that we need, two things infants need, right? Mm-hmm. Love, like, am I loved? Am I safe? And betrayal violates
0: both of those. Wow. Hmm. Wow. That's, Wow. Mm.
1: Uh, we just had a, a lady on the podcast. So was it our two Melinda podcasts? or uh, Carol? Oh, Ward. Carol Ward. So Ooh. we met this lady. So my guys, friend goes. He goes. He's like, Hey, can this lady drop by the office? And uh, you know, she's a missionary in Africa. And I'm like, Great. Can't you know? Cynical me is like, Can't wait to hear about the school she's building. You know. I'm like, I've got things to do. And <laughs> She rolls in here, sits in that chair, and begins to tell us about just her ministry of prayer in Africa and what it's doing. It's and it was like it's psycho. It's she's 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 the toughest human being I've ever been wow. around. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, so she's like, yeah. So you know, long story short, she you know went there to start a Bible college, and she's like, oh, or no, she went there to take over a Bible college. The the person who was running it's like i'm leaving you should come run it so she did so she's just like okay i'm here i've got all these people going through school i'm going to train them to pray and and then we're going to go and then so they start going and their going was to like south sudan this is like tough area and in walks carol and her little army of praying you know people and all of a sudden, the UN is writing her letters like, listen, you cannot bring these two tribes together. There'll be genocide. And she's like, no, we're we're going to pray, and it's going to be okay. And the outcome was like the UN writing her a letter like, we don't know how you did what you did because those people have never gotten along for like the history of civilization. Wow. And that's amazing. And then she's there, and she's praying for against Kony and that whole Kony 2012 yeah, thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kony himself has declared like, yeah, when little white Carol showed up from, no from Colorado or wherever she's from. That's when I lost my like demonic power. And like, we haven't heard from Coney since. And and anyways, all that to say is like, wow. her whole thing is just like, she's, you, you guys need to meet at some point. Yeah. But I want to just ask you about the missional outcome. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. drives us. That. And it's probably the wrong thing to talk about, but I'm curious about it. Like, do you have mm-hmm. any stories of, you know, because you said it aligns us with God's mission, right? Yeah. And the great commission is God's mission that he invites us into to seek and to save that which is lost. And I want to just hear like through your ministry mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm, at Pihop, mm-hmm. um, what things have you seen take place just missionally that, you know, not that you can take credit for, but have come as a, as you know, the seed of prayer, if yeah, people yeah. participating in what you guys are doing and, and yeah. then they've gone and, and done.
0: Yeah, I, um, so we have like, we've done this a few times where we've done like a week of 24-7 prayer with 24-7 outreach, and it's basically two hours of prayer, two hours out. And um, the first time we did it, it's like, um, I went out in one, one of them, and so we did two hours of prayer, and in the midst of just being in the prayer room, what I realized is His mercies are new every morning, right? When you posture yourself in prayer, um, like the, the, the time when you have, um, that you go out and share your life is usually right after experiencing salvation. Like you're, you're, you're tender because of his great mercy right? but God's like, Oh, I want that forever for you. So I'm going to give you new mercies every morning. And so that you can have that open heartedness to want to share with people what God, like what he's doing for us. So I was in, yeah, we, we did that. We just spent time in prayer. And, um, part of what God was being emphasized in the midst of uh, my time in prayer was that God was going to touch people in healing. And so, um, We went out on a Thursday afternoon, just in Pasadena, not very far, like blocks away from the prayer room. And there were three, there was, there was 12 of us who went out and we were put into like teams of three. And, um, so healing was kind of on the radar. So the first person we see is at a bus stop. (laughs) That's so crazy. And she has a, she has a, um, she has something on her wrist, like kind of like carpal tunnel type thing. Like whatever the, those things are called. Mm-hmm. And she's like, so we pray for her. She doesn't speak English. So we, you know, we say um, like amor de Jesus or something. And say like this. And then so we pray for her and she she takes off her, her, um, what is the, Whatever those are called. Riscard? You know, yeah, wrist guard. Yeah, she brace. takes it. Yeah, brace. Mm-hmm. And she takes it off and she goes, Ow. So universal language, not right. healed. And so um, we say, una mas, you know. Mm-hmm. So we pray one more time, and she's healed. And so she's very touched. She's crying. And then her friend at the bus stop, we pray for her, and she's touched. And we don't speak language, but we're like, this is Jesus' love. We bless mm-hmm. you, right? So then there's a laundromat right near there. It's Thursday afternoon. There's probably about eight people in the laundromat. We start doing the same thing. And people start being dramatically touch. I don't even know how to explain what was happening, but like we would start by just saying, God wants to share his love with you. And then we're just like, we sense you have back pain and then we would pray for them and they would be healed. And then like, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And they're like, yeah, I do. Or, or no, I don't. Well, we would invite you to just again, reconsider him or whatever. We would do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So in the laundromat, there were like four healings and two salvations. So we had these really cute bracelets <laughs> that we were handing out. Somebody had made them for one of the guys and just like a conversation starter. And one of the girls literally had like sleeves, like tattoo sleeves. Like, so when we handed, like said, do you want a bracelet? She's like, no, you know, obviously not. I have sleeves, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> not
2: cool. Uh, bracelet? Yeah. Bracelet. Sleeves cool, <laughs> bracelets not
0: cool. <laughs> By the time she's witnessed what is happening in the laundromat, she comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, I want a bracelet. I mean, that's, it was just crazy. I was like, and so the, one of the guys with this is like, this is like Axe. So we hear a knock on the laundromat and we're like, okay, come on in. Like there's no doors closed. It's a, it's a prayer line outside. The people at the bus stop had called people. <laughs> No, I mean like no, I nobody told them to. They had called people and there's a little prayer line outside. They want us to pray for them. And so then we start praying for them and right. Then this African American woman walks by and the Holy Spirit says, follow her. And so I was like, We're supposed to follow her. Not creepy. It's kind of from a distance, right? But maybe that's creepy. We go into a health clinic. No, crazy story though. Oh my gosh! As soon as we walk into the health clinic, this woman starts bawling, and I'm like, "No, no, no! We're here to share the love of Jesus." And she goes, "I know, I know. I left Chile two two years ago, and I left Jesus when I left Chile." And she's like, "I can't believe this is happening to me right now. I can't." Be-. And she's under conviction, like serious conviction and we have done nothing like right so then i said see what's happening to this woman like there's a waiting room there Mm -hmm. there's like eight people maybe there's 10 i think there's like 10 people in there i go what this woman is experiencing is the love of god if you want this raise your Mm -hmm. hand and we'll pray for you Mm -hmm. and literally all of them raise their hand except the african-american woman (laughs) and i go it's okay you're the reason this is all happening We followed you. You've already been an agent of his love. Like, it was unbelievable. So, like, you think, like, okay, well, that was awesome. There's still an hour left to our time, (laughs) like, right? We go across the street. There's a little hangout, smoking weed, you know, whatever, partying. We're like, hey, does anybody need healing here? And one brave girl raises her hand. And she's like, actually, I have a really bad knee problem right now. So we pray for her. She starts freaking out and, you know, using, expl- <laughs> you know, bad language and saying, I can't, you know, like using the F word a lot and saying, I can't believe this happened to me. I am fully healed. I wouldn't believe this if it wasn't me. She starts running like we didn't tell her to run. Right. She just starts running. Well, the same scenario happens in the park, like happened at the bus stop. They start calling people. <laughs> oh my gosh no it's crazy so what why why Mm. is this happening the lord wanted me to he's like i partner Mm. upper room prayer with you know witness that's
1: right Mm. that's right
0: upper room prayer with witness right he's like if you'll spend time with me i'll open up doors Mm -hmm. and it's just and it was down the street on a thursday afternoon i loved that because Mm. it wasn't like a special event or something it was just like down the street and he's like you just have to be open Mm -hmm. to see and it was so good and so that that little like we now do this regularly where we have people whether they're going to the courthouse and they're just offering prayer there or they're going down Mm. the street where they spend a few Mm -hmm. hours in the prayer room and then they go out for a few hours so we still do that Mm. yeah and it's like the
1: three priorities of john 15 like the abiding relationship (laughs) oh i love that loving others it's the only way you can love others is out of the abiding relationship and that is loving others is what bears witness i i I just Mm. i just see that that's like a perfect illustration (laughs) of how that works it's incredible
0: it's so good and you know what i realized too it shifted my thought about seed like throwing out seed like no pressure to have to lead them to jesus Right. Mm -hmm. right like because once they feel that pressure, they yeah. may not want to right. receive.
2: Totally. Right. But
0: if you lift off that pressure and you're just, we're here to share the love of Christ, yeah. it's unbelievable. A little bit of word of knowledge helps. Like, right. because we did it with a professional that was coming out of a meeting at the public library at the park. And I'm thinking, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, little park people, you know, they don't have anything else going on. Mm -hmm. But this person, they're on a mission. They're going to be a little bit difficult. At first, they're like, no, I'm not interested in prayer. Right. As soon as we said, you have a hurt shoulder, you know, Mm -hmm. your left shoulder is injured. And he said, I didn't. I injured it on a skiing incident. And so we prayed for him. He was healed. And he's like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I mean, these are just. But again, it's not like now come to our church. Yeah, right. Now come to this. You know, what I mean, it's like, oh, this was Jesus expressing His love for you. Does right.
1: it ever feel weird? Are you ever like, like, like honestly? Are you ever like, dude, this is so nuts? What? Am yeah, I doing no, right I
0: think now? that's nuts. Yeah, I yeah. do. I yeah. feel like it is nuts. So you're
1: like embarrassed. Like, excuse I mean, me, sir. Sometimes- I know about your hurt shoulder. Like, what are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Like,
0: I just think oh. if you want to see healing break out, though go.
1: Yeah.
0: We've been always yeah. come, come. But God said, go, go.
1: go. Yeah. yeah. And
0: healing, he mm-hmm. just wants to show off because he wants yeah. them to know, no, I am into you that's right, and I want to touch you. And like, we've done this with day laborers too. I'm like, have a passion for day labors and I just know they're probably hurting because they're doing really hard jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then I'm like, if I have Spanish speakers with me, I'm like, let's go, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, I mean, I'll see 100% healing, like 100%. If I do it in church, I'll see like 20%. Right. But when I do it out, yeah, I'm like pretty guaranteed, like he likes lost people and he's going to touch them. That's right. Um, and then like, yeah, <laughs> so on. that's part of, and I think the aspect of the prayer room too is we're receiving new mercies. We're on fire mm-hmm. for Jesus mm-hmm. and we want to share it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great rhythm, even in really hard places. We have friends in Central Asia and Iraq, and they do this. They spend two hours in prayer and then spend the rest of the day. Epic. Yeah.
1: What's that come unto me invitation of Christ and then come follow me. Those two invitations never stop. It's not like, oh, we come to Jesus for salvation. And that was my story, and that, that happened ten years ago. No, it's it's every day. It's the in. And I think you guys model that so well, and it's out of that that subversive spirituality that mission actually is effective because you're so fragrant, you know. I it's like so. you're so fragrant. It's not some oh, this is my copy and paste ministry idea that that you know we've been trying to replicate or that was successful here and we're trying to do here no, it's just the fragrance of Jesus that people exactly. see and they're like, whoa. And whether it's a businessman walking out of the library or a lady getting on a bus who doesn't speak your language, it's like there's, that's that's effective ministry. And and I think that's, you know, we all go through Bible colleges and seminaries and we're like, oh, we're training. Like the, the training is exactly what you do every day. Like that's just the willingness to participate. And I, I think you're such a breath of fresh air spiritually and yeah. missionally. And especially now as our culture moves more and more post-religiosity, post-Christian culture, mm-hmm. This is, I think this is how it's done. and it's.
0: I love that you use fragrance because that is a powerful imagery, too, that we're the fragrance of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You can talk like Jesus and not be close to that's Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can right. kind of even mimic him and not be necessarily close to him. Yeah, like, that's right. You can have heroes that you watch that on T V, right? Mm. But you can't smell like him if you don't, are not close That's to right. him. That's right. I mean, part of us having that rub off on us mm-hmm. is we've got to be close to him. Yeah. Like fragrance only comes by kind of like intimacy. Yeah, intimacy yeah. and Contact. a little bit of length. Of totally. being there like yeah. i don't smell like starbucks just going in there for a minute <laughs> yeah i smell once i've never for a few right. like you know a little while mm-hmm. yeah
1: that's mm-hmm. a horrible illustration but,
0: um, <laughs> I, know but uh, uh, <laughs> I know but no Star- i don't see
1: it. it's like hugging <laughs> hugging my wife and i'm like oh i get to carry her perfume for a little bit yeah. Like, oh, really mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
0: that's so good and i i was also thinking of Just this, I love this analogy. This is one of my favorite. It's from Heidi Baker, but she was talking about they don't have preservatives in Mozambique, and so their bread gets moldy pretty quick. So she had some. She called it rainbow bread. It was pretty moldy. It's like blue, green, Mm kind of yellow, whatever. And so she took it to a meeting because the Lord told her to. And he said, she said, you know, he said, pick up hot bread when you go, like or fresh bread, Mm -hmm. and. Mozambique, you know, pretty poor country. A lot of times the people who are in the front few rows, they're, they really are hungry. Like mm-hmm. they're physically hungry. Mm-hmm. And she passed out the rainbow bread and nobody took it, even a little tiny bit of it. Mm. The hungriest people on earth don't want old bread.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No. They need fresh bread. And so the aspect of, and I love bread as an analogy too, because Michelin star restaurants, it's just as wonderful as, you know, in a hut somewhere. Like, mm-hmm. everybody likes bread. Yeah. But the idea of fresh bread, of encountering him freshly and then giving... He's like, maybe it's not because the pe- world isn't hungry. It's because of what we're giving them. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the staleness of our relationship isn't what they want. All
1: right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about fragrance. That. Who can Ooh. deny <laughs> that they don't Man. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. maybe that we're offering yeah. something yeah. that mm-hmm. is
0: not fresh in our right. own lives and that's again what a prayer room offers is mm. fresh. Mm-hmm. Like I'm encountering him daily. Wow. And then offering him.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, I've got I think we're. I think we are approaching the end of our time. I don't but, think so. I know. I. Yeah, I'm. I'm down. I'm down. I mean, this is. We're talking to prayer she room lady. She can go for she, eight. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure. She so, can. Keep uh, welcome talking. to the longest podcast in the history of <laughs> nations. Um,
1: <laughs> Nate, how are we on card space? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, two things that have been kind of brewing in my mind. You know, um, so I asked the less kind of cr- crazy, awkward one first. Um, a pretty standard question, like, hey, you know. For for our listeners, right? Um, for for the person who um, that I was for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Who was wounded, who was cynical, who longed for God, um, but was afraid to draw near because I was convinced that uh, closeness would result in punishment or in further shame, right? Um, so for people who. Are listening have been listening to our conversation and are like okay you know, like I like her vibe. She's you know she's she's warm. She's kind. um, She's unhurried. You know she she seems to be speaking from a place of her heart, not her head, an overflow. But I don't know if I really like. I don't know if I really buy this. You know, um, is there anything that you would want to say to that person? No pressure.
0: Probably a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But I think. Um, there's a scripture, and I kind of quoted it a little bit. Um, Isaiah 62 4. As a, is it, well, we could go a little bit before that. I think it's Isaiah 62 3. It says, You'll no longer be called forsaken or desolate, but you'll be called Hephzibah, Beulah. Mm-hmm. And he's talking over Israel. Mm-hmm. But then he says, As a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, this is how I feel about you, this mm-hmm. is how I delight in you. Um, yeah, I I think a lot of times we're living like God purchased motel 6 experience where we have to get our own food. We have to, you know, like it's so noisy, it's so cramped. And he's like, "No, I purchased an all exc- you know, inclusive resort experience where you could be enjoying a view. You could be experiencing spaciousness. You could be experiencing um amazing meals Mm -hmm. and you want to live in a cramped freeway experience, you Mm. know? And so I think that he bought it so that we could experience the luxury. I call it the home life of heaven. Mm. (laughs) He's like, I want to give you my home life. You've got your own, but now this is going to be your origin. And the way that home life is conducted i want to take you out of your experience Mm. and bring you into ours and the quality of exchange Mm. (laughs) hopefully that makes sense but i mean that's beautiful to me because there's breaches no matter where you've come from whether it's an amazing christian home or an awful you know very broken home god's like i fill in all the gaps Mm. and there's always gaps And I want to give you that quality of experiencing blamelessness for, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in my, and, and experience the luxury of there's patience. I mean, a lot of times, even the best of parents, they can't offer patience Yeah, and like, God's like, I have patience. I know like patience, I think is, you, you think of it and you think of it as only for a broken world, but God's like, no, it's eternal. You know, it's patience is an eternal quality. And he's like, and I want you to encounter it. So I don't know if that's answering your question, but I just had fun answering
2: that way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I consider my question answered. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Joel, if you've got a, you know, any other questions that you want to ask? Um, I've got, I've got kind of a, a little experiment i'd love for us to close with um
1: let's go right to that you're you're okay. piquing my interest okay
2: um well you know we can this is our podcast so we can do whatever we want
0: okay. right <laughs> but
2: something that is uh profound to me is that the posture that you know you and your ministry demonstrate is one of curiosity one of openness one of wonder right mm-hmm. and it's um because you understand, if I'm hearing you correctly, hey, the mind is important. It needs to be renewed, right? Um, we need to make critical decisions. We need to practice wisdom and discernment. We need to, to accomplish tasks, right? But so much of the poverty that we live in um, emotionally and spiritually is because we haven't opened our heart and experienced the riches that God has to offer us, right? So it's this, it's this thing that we have to experience, right? So Most podcasts are head things, Mm -hmm. they're conversations, Mm -hmm. right? We prayed to begin this one, you know, before the, you know, the cameras were rolling and whatnot. Um, And with no expectation or no pressure, I I would, I wonder what would happen if we just paused for a second and stopped talking. Mm -hmm. And um, I trust you. (laughs) And I wonder if, um, I wonder if you have anything for joel anything for me anything for nate anything like if god wants to speak to us right now you know um if god wants to speak to some of our listeners Mm -hmm. right now and if we could just experiment with being quiet for a second and um you know nothing happens that's fine
0: okay right yeah i love it
2: yeah cool
0: Yeah, I just, as I was just waiting upon the Lord, I just sensed, like, our hearts like a guitar and Him just putting His fingers on parts of our heart that maybe haven't been touched for a while. And the Lord just saying, I want to touch those places inside of you. I want to... Play, like, I want a new melody to come out of that part of you. And maybe it's a place that we've closed off because of past pain, but the Holy Spirit just saying, that part of you, I want to open up again. That part of you, I want melody. And it just reminds me of a scripture in Isaiah 51, where it says, or I I think it's 51, but it says, Um, he's going to comfort all of our waste places and he's going to cause singing and thanksgiving to be heard there. Like the sound of melodies are going to come out of that place. And I just sense too, for people who've been experiencing isolation, that the Lord just saying, I want to comfort you. I want to release comfort on the inside maybe we've been trying to comfort ourselves but the lord saying i want to be your comfort and i want to supply in that place and just opening ourselves up that the lord could come and release comfort he could come and release who just fresh air in a place that maybe if there's been staleness mm. so that's my sense mm.
2: <laughs>
1: I received that. Uh, so do I. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cheryl, thank you so much uh, yeah. for being here. I, I've it's been so inform not only informative, but I like we talked about earlier that invitation. I feel invited into something deeper and thank you for for praying and um gosh, we look forward to uh being friends for eternity. Yeah. So let's <laughs> Yeah, do let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And
2: if people um are curious, you know been made curious by our conversation um how can they find out about pihop and you know the ministry that you help yeah. serve and lead
0: thanks um pihop.com so it's p-i-h-o-p.com that's our website we have a youtube page, page so they can find
2: us. well thank you so much again for joining us um that we got to have this time together. Um, it didn't feel like work at all.
0: <laughs> it was
2: a joy. It was fun. So, um, thank you so much.